are there. I just want my Bible there. You'll find these words. Let's read together, please. Then he went out from there and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. Sabbath had come. He began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things, and what wisdom is this which is given to him, that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country, among his own relatives, and in his own house. Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hand on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Amen. You may take your seats. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when you uh, go about this life as a Christian, you go about this life proclaiming truths and and doing your best to, to live out what it is that you've been called to, you'll find that a lot of times people will look at your past, look at your heritage, look at your family, look at your record, look at all sorts of things before they decide that um, you're worthy of listening to. Amen? I mean, we just read it in the text. They did that very thing to Jesus. Jesus had been doing, uh, performing miracles all over, all over Galilee, doing mighty works. And he wanted to take that same work to where he came from. He wanted it to be demonstrated at home. But my God, when he got there, the reception was nothing less, less than cold, less than icy, less than, it, was, it wasn't anything incredible. It wasn't anything fantastic. They did not receive him. And so I want you to know this morning that as you go through this walk, Everybody's not going to receive you. And a lot of times it may be the very ones who've watched you grow up, who watched you play ball on the baseball diamond, who saw you play four square in the middle of the street, who jump rope with you. They might not get the new you. But can I tell you something? That's all right. Because they didn't get Jesus either. Now, I'm going to tell you this. This is just a, that's just an opening. I just wanted to share that. Because that's not really where we're going. But that's what the text talks about. Amen. If you're a parent, you're going to, what I'm going to say is going to really resonate with you. Okay. If you've ever done like me and you've messed up a few meals. um, If you've ever wasted good groceries. In the kitchen trying to do great things. You know, sometimes in my house they know uh, I should not make cabbage. I should not make a meatloaf. I should not make ground uh, meatballs. There's just some things that I really shouldn't cook fish either. And for some reason in my house, shrimp, they're kind of tough. When you go to a restaurant, they're not like that. It, it can't be me. It must be what I'm buying. But when they help me unpack the groceries and they see those things, they crack a lot of jokes, right? And there's something that I have to say to them. Just let me be great. 
Yes, you doubt me before I even before I even turn the stove on. You got you got some hatred in your heart. You got some problems in your lips. You're cloning me, and I ain't done anything yet. Just let me be. Just let me be great. Let me just keep ordering groceries because that's what wives do. Just let me keep. Let you do. You ain't losing no weight, so it must be. A, hey, in the name of Jesus, it must be all right. Hallelujah. But sometimes you've just got to let me be great. Don't bring up the past. Don't bring up my heritage. Don't bring up the record. Let me be great. Well, this morning I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Let Jesus be great. Let him be great. Is that all? Okay, it's better over there because it don't look like that on that screen. Okay. Because I was going to say, because I'm a teacher, right? And I was going to say, hey, y'all got to capitalize that title because some baby's going to talk about me, but we good over here because we all caps. Hallelujah. Just a little thing that kind of, everybody got issues, right? <laughs> everybody got issues. But we've got to decide in this walk with Christ that we... Hallelujah. We're just going to let him be great. We're going to let the spirit do what the spirit do. We're going to let him be great. Okay, so when Jesus came to Nazareth, he wanted to do some mighty miracles there. But as we read in the text, he could do no great works there. They would not let Jesus be great. Listen, when Jesus shows up on the scene, he's not there to play around. He's not there to shoot the bobo. He's not there wasting time. He's there to do the miraculous. He's there to do the naturally unattainable things. He's there to disrupt systems. He's there to cause turnaround. He's there to bring healing. He's there to bring deliverance. He's there to bring peace. He's there to bring joy. He's there to bring about every good thing that the devil has been keeping from you. But a lot of times, there are certain attitudes and positions that won't allow him to be great and how many are like me I need him to show up and when he, I, when he shows up I need him to do great and mighty things I need to allow the Lord in my life to be great but I want to submit to you this morning that his ability is not on him because he is great he is awesome. He is mighty. But whether or not we get to see them in our lives hinge upon our response to him when he shows up. All right? So we have to decide that we are going to have to let him be great. Nathaniel asked the question when he was being called to be a disciple. He asked this question, said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth. See, Nathaniel was, was pegging the Messiah with the location. And because he didn't come from what he thought was the right part of town or the right region, he had a problem with him, right? But his brother said, no, just come, just, just come and see. Just come and see this man. But if we don't be very careful, 
we'll find that we are doing the exact same thing. We're not allowing him to be great. Tell your neighbor, let him be great. Let him be great. Let's go to uh, John 19, 19. And I want to show you that this was something that Jesus dealt with from beginning to end. When we're here in Mark 6, and you can read this same account in Matthew 13, and you can also read it in Luke chapter 4, you'll find out that, hey, this was something that all three of the gospel writers and not the gospel writers share because this is pivotal. We've got to understand that we can limit God's ability to work in our lives. All right? Luke 19, um, John 19, 19, it says this. Now, Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was... Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. Now, you know that that title was pretty tongue-in-cheek, right? That, yeah, okay, you can say Bible scholar, that uh, they're saying Jesus of Nazareth to uh, identify him separate from Jesus or Jesus who might have been from Capernaum or Jesus who might have been from Syria or wherever. But here, it's not really that case. They are mocking him. But they're mocking him based on where he's from. They can't receive him. They're mocking him in the end as Jesus of Nazareth. Now here, Nazareth means in the Hebrew, the guarded one. It means the secured or secluded place. So Nazareth was a place where by virtue of the name of it, we know that he wasn't going to be received. It's the guarded place. It's the secluded place. It's the place where Jesus, after he had done so many awesome things, he went in and it wasn't received, all right? Because it's guarded. Go to Acts 10 and 38. We know this is a very familiar passage. Hallelujah. How they anointed... Jesus of where? With the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So here Peter is talking about Jesus. He's giving a sermon and he's talking about this Jesus, but he wanted them to know which Jesus I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jesus of Nazareth. Now if Peter's anything like me, you're being pretty tongue in cheek. Because you're making a case for all of the great things that Jesus did. But I want to remind you that this is Jesus of Nazareth who went about doing. This Jesus who y'all wouldn't receive. This Jesus is the one who was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good and healing all. You wouldn't let him be great when he showed up to you in Nazareth. But here I'm telling you after he's been resurrected. Now that he's seated on the right hand side of God. I'm letting you know that it's that same Jesus who showed up at your hometown, who showed up in your synagogue, who showed up on your block that you wouldn't receive. Whoa, but now that he's been seen by 500, now that many have been raised from the dead, now I can come and tell you who I'm talking about. I'm talking about Jesus of Nazareth. Come on, let him be great. Come on, let him be great. Let's go to 1 John 3 and 8. Let's talk about this Jesus who they wouldn't receive, who they wouldn't let him do many great things. 1 John 3 and 8 says this, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. 
for this purpose was Jesus of Nazareth made manifest that he might destroy the Jesus showed up to be great Jesus was sent hallelujah into this earth realm from heaven so to show his greatness to each and every person of humanity but my God if we don't let him be great he can't do many mighty works it says there in that passage in Mark 6 that all he could do was heal a few sick folk he could do nothing great because they wouldn't let him be great all they wanted to talk about was who his brothers were who his sisters were what his occupation was come y'all better relate to this because when we go out there a lot of times people right here in our region right there on the block where you grew up right at play lot where you used to play they'll look at you and say who you coming back here aren't you didn't you used to and what we're going to have to say won't you just let me be great I'm showing up here with your miracle. I'm showing up here with your word. I'm showing up here with your deliverance. I'm showing up here with your healing. But you're going to have to let me be great. Well, I'm telling us, as the army God is assembling to go out there, hallelujah, and to do great and mighty things, we're going to have to let him be Hallelujah. Now, I want to prove to you that he is great. We know that when I say let him be great, there's nothing we can do to take away from who he is. But we can have a real effect on how much he can demonstrate in our lives. My God, you can have 220 volts running through a wall. But if you don't have anything to draw that energy out of it, it's just the 220. It's just the 110. It's just juice that's unused. Well, I'm telling you something. A lot of times we can go through this life as Christians and never pull out of Christ, pull out of the word, put out of the spirit those things that we need because we won't let him be great. Tell your neighbor, let him be great. Hallelujah. John 1.1. 1, 1. Let him be great. Because I know you have questions. I've had questions. God, why is this not showing up? Why am I not out of debt? Why am I not? Hallelujah healed. Why are other people moving past? It may be that you're just not allowing him to be great. I want to prove to you that he's great, John, and that if he's great, that he has the ability to do great things in each and every one of our lives. It says here in John 1.1, in the beginning, was the word and the word was with God. Hey, read with me. Come on, stay with me now. In the beginning was the what? And the word was? And the word? So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when we read about the word, which is Jesus, we're reading about God. God is the word. Word is Jesus. They're all so who God is, is who Jesus is, is who the word is. All right. So let's go here. Go to Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 5. I just want to show you that when he shows up, greatness shows up. Nehemiah is praying here as he's getting ready to go back. He's been grieved about the condition of the walls that are around Jerusalem. He's getting ready to go back. 
and he decided he was going to fast and pray before he went into the king to ask permission. And as he's talking to God, this is what he said. And he said, I pray, Lord God of heaven, oh what? Oh great and awesome God, you who keep covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments. How is he describing God here? As great and awesome. So that means if he is great and awesome, that means when I look at my life, I look at him showing up in my life, I ought to see things that are great and awesome. Come on, let's keep going. Let's go to Psalm number 145 and verse 3. And I like that in the NLT, please. It says it this way. It says, great is the Lord. What is the Lord? Great. He is most worthy of praise. No one can... Me- so when Jesus showed up in Nazareth, his greatness showed up. But he couldn't do many great things there. And we're going to get to why. He couldn't do many great things because they wouldn't let him be great. Let's keep going. Psalm number 150 and verse 2. I just want to prove to you that he is great. And when he showed up, great things should have happened. Not just a few little things, but great things should have happened. Like it had been occurring. Nazareth should have seen the exact same God. Same Jesus, same word, should have been the same greatness. Psalm 150 verse 2 in the easy to read version. It says, praise him for the great things he what? The great things he what? So he doesn't do mediocre things. He doesn't do average things. He does great things. Praise him for all his what? Hallelujah. Praise him for all his Greatness. One more place. Psalm 66 and verse 3. Say to God. Say it with me. Let's read this together. Say to God, how awesome are your through the greatness of your Look at this. How awesome are your works through your what? Through your greatness of your power, your enemies are going to do what? Who are the enemies of God? There are all sorts of things. There are physical enemies. There are nations that were enemies, but also there's some other enemies. Hallelujah. Sickness, lack, poverty. Come on here. Depression, anxiety, frustration, confusion. Those are enemies of God. And because of his greatness and the greatness of his power, they've got to submit themselves. So the, re- the story in Nazareth should have read Jesus of Nazareth showed up in the synagogue with all of his greatness and all of his power and great things happened. But they wouldn't let him be great. They wouldn't let him be great. They wouldn't let him show up in his awesomeness. They wouldn't let him show up in the greatness of his power. They wouldn't let him do but a few little. Come on. I know the frustration. You're not looking at a pastor, a preacher who does not know the frustration. I know when you have been tithing and you've been 
coming to church and you've been serving and it just you just you just see a few a few little a few little things you know I I I like to see you know five thousand members. I just talking pastorally. I like to see a fleet of vans outside. I like to see. But why am I, if he shows up and he always does big and great things, well, why am I, why am I just seeing a few and a, come on, how many been believing to get out of debt? And, and the, the best you've seen is, okay, I paid off one little card. As soon as I paid off that card, it looked like I had to run up another card. Okay, and then I paid that card off and looked like I had to borrow to get this done. Why am I not yet seeing the greatness of his power when it comes to that enemy called debt? I feel a little better. But why is it that the, the, the blood work keeps showing that? Why is the pain keep saying that? I've seen a little bit, but I want to see the greatness of his power, a full manifestation of everything he's promised. And I submit to you, if you'll just stay with me, that we've got to decide that I'm going to let him be great. And I had to realize, after listening to my bishop and binge-watching some of those sermons that... And trying to get a mind of how they think around there. I realized that I've not been letting God be great. I've let him be good. I said, I've let him be good. He's kept the ministry going. He's kept people coming. But why are there still people going? He let the school start, and he let the students stay, but where are the rest of the students? Why am I not requiring the Manhattan building now to put a school in? Why is it still? Because I've let him be good. I've let him maintain me. I've let him just do a few little things. I let him keep the money from running out. I let him keep the ability to keep buying groceries and not, I let him keep doing that. But where is that place where it now turns over and I've got a wait list of students? Where are the hundreds and hundreds of kids that need to be in that pro? I've let him be good, but I haven't let him be. So maybe y'all get a little more excited if I just talk about me. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Because you'll find that you've been allowing a few good things. You've, you've allowed his hand to move. But some kind of way, when you get up against an obstacle that requires more from you, that's where I, his greatness is still there. But I kind of run up into, okay, I've got to step out and do what? I've got to now do what? i got to trust you and hire who? And i got to trust you and believe? In some kind of way. I find myself just backing back up into the safe zone. All that greatness is over there.
But I'm so good. The six still show up and the four are still online. And I'm so grateful, Father God, that when I went to the, the Sam's Club and I ordered all the groceries, the card was good. And I thank you, Father God, that the money we put in savings, hallelujah, we still have the money in savings. It ain't grown, but it's still there. And we pitched off it a little bit. We keep pitching off of a little bit, but it's still there. And I'm so excited that it's still there. But where is the multiplication? Where is the increase? Where is the greatness? And you know what he told me? He says, you got to let him be great. And there are people who don't have a problem with greatness. There are other people who get a little nervous when greatness shows up. And when greatness shows up, we find ourselves backpedaling a little bit, stepping back a little bit, going right back into that safe zone. It's safe right here. It's good right here. It's comfortable right here. I don't have... See, the people in Nazareth were good with just going to synagogue. They were good with just the Bible study. They were good hearing about what he did. Because remember, when he began to speak, they were astonished. They were gazing at him. Their eyes eyes were wide open. They were staring like, where did he get this kind of wisdom? Where did he get this kind of knowledge? Where did he get this kind of understanding? But when he got ready to demonstrate his power, they couldn't take it. If you read it in Luke chapter 6, they wanted to kill him. That was the point where they began to, oh my God, when he was quoting from Isaiah 61. Hallelujah. He said today this scripture is being fulfilled in your ears. He said, oh my God, I'm the one they're talking about. They said, oh my God, we got to kill this joke. They were great with stories about him. They were great with somebody testifying about him. They were great with what had been written about him. But when he actually showed up with the greatness and with the power, they couldn't take it. You got to let him be great. You got to let him. You got to let him. Let him be great. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 1. Because he's full of greatness. Thank you, media. You already got it. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 15 says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Come on, that's our prayer right here. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us? There's an exceeding greatness of power. His power that's toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty. So my eyes have got to be open. I said my eyes have got to be opened. My eyes had to see, you know, Apostle Durbin putting up phase two and not borrowing any money. My eyes had to see it. My eyes had to see that it is 
impossible to do things of that magnitude and not have to borrow. But then my eyes also had to see my bishop who's able to buy a mall and run two restaurants and have a school of hundreds and hundreds. Oh my God, be medical clinic. All sorts of outreach. My eyes had to see that because now that my eyes have been enlightened and I can see the greatness of his power working toward people who believe, now I can have faith for it. But before all I was operating in was good. It's so good. Girl, it's good to be up this morning. I don't feel that great, but it's so good that I woke up this morning and I'm clothed and I'm in my right mind. Hallelujah. I'm so glad that my sheet was not my winding shield and that my bed was not my cooling board. But there's more to life than that. I'm supposed to wake up, not just, oh my God, glad to be alive, but should be living. He said that I came that you might have life and that you might have that life more up. I can't just be all right with good anymore. Oh, that, that was good. That was good. I saw a few good things. No, it ought to be so, ladies and gentlemen, if the greatness of his power is working towards us who believe that we can't have get through service in four hours because of so many testimonies of what he's done, great things he's done, what he's shown us, what he's brought us. Oh, my God, things that have actually shown up. You know, the level of excitement Hallelujah, we'll have when we testify, when we're not testifying by faith. But we're testifying from what has already manifested. There's a different level of, 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 of swag you have, bravado you have, show up you have. There's a different kind of way you walk. It's a different kind of way you speak. You're not speaking by faith. But you're speaking because you actually have it. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, see, I can, I can go hard by that. I can go hard by that. Because I watched God move 325, 375, however much it was, worth the debt off of our lives. Paid in full. I watched God. Talk about oh, half a million. Oh, Jesus. I watch God make companies dissolve. We call and, hey, we want to pay this off. What are you talking about? That company no longer exists. What do you mean the company no longer? I have the bill right here. I'm sorry, but that company no longer exists. We have no record of that debt. I can speak very boldly about that. I can speak very boldly that God will bring you out if you want to come out. But you know what? When it comes to talking about walking in the fullness of the blessing, I'm, you know, I'm talking a little bit, I'm talking a little bit by faith, you know, because I've seen him do it for somebody else. But I don't have the same, <clears throat> the same gusto, the same oomph I would have. The boldness that if, 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 if my, oh my God, 
Land Rover Defender was... If the, de- if the Defender was in the driveway, if the Range Rover was in the driveway, if the seven-bedroom, eight-and-a-half-bath home was... There'll be a different level because I've allowed him to show up and be great when it came to land ownership, when it came to car ownership, when it came to feeding the home. Come on, y'all. I'm talking about letting him be See, this is a hard message for me to deliver. I'm struggling. You can't. I'm, I'm struggling. I am. No, I. Because, because, because when you know there's more, and then the Lord mess around and let me see. You almost get, you get antsy. You'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about it in the natural because I'm, I'm good. There was a season when I would go to TJ Maxx, right? And I'd find like a, like a, a Maggie London dress and I'd be so excited because I just told what I know. I'm a girl. I just, you just stay with me. And talk about football. I talk about dresses. You know, and I, and I get, I get, I get, I get, ooh, and I'll be like, ooh, that's a pretty dress. And you put it on with the right necks and the right shoes. You'll be like, ooh, I'm so cute. Ooh, I'm so cute. I'm so cute. Ooh, Jesus, I'm so cute. But then the Lord mess around and let you see something else. Right? And you look at your dress and you're grateful that you got a dress. Because you covered up and you, 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 look, you look nice. But that dress... Ain't that dress I saw in that Tory Burch window. Oh my God, with that stitching looking like that and that fabric feeling like that. But ooh, we got a price tag that says that. And you'll be like, ooh. 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 But then one day, you get the boldness to go in the store and say, hey, that dress, right? And you walk around, you say, oh, I'm fine. And you go look at the shoes, and you come back and say, can I, can I, can I, can I try that one on? And, and, and you put that one on, and you figure out real quick that zippers shouldn't get stuck at the seam, and buttons shouldn't pop open because you raised your arm, and threads shouldn't be hanging that you got a clip before you wear. You find out that there's a difference, oh my God, in how it's constructed, and that's why there's a difference in how much you got to pay for it. Well, I'm going to mess around and see another level. When it comes to schooling, when it comes to ministry, my God, when it comes to living, another level that, it ain't saying it's got to be that car, but it's saying you ought to be able to get it if you want it. God, I thank, I thank God that, that he's given us a beautiful least home. It's beautiful. I like it. But it's not mine. 
I said, but it's not mine. But, it, it, but, it, but, it, but it's not mine. And it's been good, but it ain't. See, my bishop messed around and let me see the house they were in that was paid off, that they sold. How much did they say? Ooh. And they went and bought another one. And he said, oh, my wife just flips houses. That's just what she does. So y'all be, y'all, you be owning houses? You, you, you be owning houses? Like, you know, you get country like that. You be, you be owning houses? You could be owning more than one house. You could be owning like that. Now, I know, we know the Hollywood stars do it. We know the rock stars do it. We know the YouTubers do it. We know they do it. And we know other people do it, but their integrity kind of not so great, so we don't really want to follow their model. How you get, okay, mm, that's all right, don't tell me. But when you see that it is possible for God to truly bless the work of your hand to the place that not only are you blessed, but you have the ability to be up. Well, you can go get apartments for people and go get cars for people. Now, we've given away cars, but I'm talking about, no, no, another kind of car. But I realize, and maybe you're realizing it with me too, you've not let him be great. You let him show up, and you let him be good. He's been good to you, but you ain't let him be great. Because when he shows up with the... Y'all, come on, let's just, just open your mind for a minute. When you're talking about the exceeding greatness of, see, that's a capital H. So, you know, we ain't talking about your daddy in the natural. We're not talking about your, uh, your uncle. We're, not talk, we're talking about capital H his. They're talking about Jesus, the exceeding greatness of Jesus' power towards us. What does it look like when the exceeding greatness of his power shows up? But it shows up toward us who what? Believe. Believe. Go back to Mark 6. Go back to Mark 6. Go back to Mark 6. Oh, go back to Mark 6. Go back to Mark 6. You know, y'all, there are people in this world. who do awesome things, and they have awesome things. And a lot of times in the church, we can flip our noses and do all that kind of stuff because, well, they don't, they, they, they not, they not doing this, they not doing that. Well, but, but, but what we doing? Well, they, 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 they got it by debt. Well, can you get it by debt? Well, they, they, they heathens. They heathens. Okay, they heathens, but they're clothing the poor. They're, they're housing the homeless. They're giving cars away. They're building orphanages. Come on in, church. We've let him be good. And I'm not yelling at y'all. I'm yelling at me. But we've not let him be great yet. 
Because I find that as much as we say we believe, we believe in God. We believe enough to keep coming to church. We believe enough to keep tithing. We believe enough to serve. We even believe enough to pray. We believe enough to preach. We believe enough to keep the church clean. We... But do we believe enough for him to do in our lives all that he... Do you believe that you can buy an apartment complex and house single mamas and educate them on how to love their children? Educate them on how to feed their children? Can we, can, can, can we, can we, can we believe enough in his greatness, can we let him be great enough that we can stop waiting for the government to pass out another faith-based grant so that we can get something done? See, when you let him be great, you let him show up and you let him do the work without all of your mouth. See, when he showed up in Nazareth, all they had was mouth. All they had was the, but, but, but ain't he, isn't he, wasn't he, didn't he, shouldn't he have, why didn't he, all of that conversation. But they never saw what they saw in other places. I mean, Nazareth, where he come from, y'all didn't let him see. You didn't let him show you his goodness, but he could go to Decapolis and feed 4,000. He could go over to the region of the Gadarenes and, 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 and get demons. Legion of demons. Cast out of a man. And he'd be walking around now preaching, clothed and in his right mind. But in Nazareth, he couldn't do nothing but heal the sniffles and get that crook out your neck. That's all you let him. Jesus showed up and that's all. But I'm going to show you why. Mark 6 and verse 5. I think, is that a 5? That's a 5. I'm reading by faith. Thank you, media. Now, he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hand on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled. Jesus was shocked. He was astonished. He was taken aback. He was, man, he was done. Oh, God, when he saw their They were in synagogue. They were in synagogue, but they didn't believe. And so I cried out what the father cried out of, a, of the epileptic boy. And I invite you to cry out with me the same thing. Father, I believe. But Lord, help. 
my unbelief. Let's look at that. Go to Luke 9 and verse 42 through 44. And I want us to read it in the CEB. Lord, help my unbelief. While he was coming, the demon threw down and shook him violently. This is the epileptic boy. Jesus spoke harshly to the unclean spirit, healed the child, and gave him back to his father. Everyone was overwhelmed by God's what? Everybody was overwhelmed by God's what? While everyone was marveling at everything he was doing, Jesus said to his disciples, take these words to heart. The human one is about to be, did I skip something? Getting back to his father. Take these words to heart. The human ones, oh, we should have went further up. The father asked, Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Also, when he talked to these disciples, he asked them why. Why couldn't we do this thing? As he kept talking to them, why, father, could we not do this? He said this simply. He says, "Mm, it's unbelief. He says this kind. This kind of what? This kind of believing or this kind of unbelief only comes out. You're going to have to do something. No, he's not talking about demons. He's talking to his folk. He's talking to the father. Obviously, the father believed. He brought him to Jesus. But he didn't see his greatness until he cried out, Lord Help my unbelief. So I realize I got to work on my unbelief. And it's already started. How does it start? I'm now allowing myself to see it. See, as long as you think you're a faith giant, as long as you believe you got it, and can nobody tell you nothing else? And can nobody teach you nothing else? And you don't really have to go to meetings? And you don't have to sit up under nobody? And you don't have to be poured into? You're going to be in trouble. You'll be stuck at good and never see great. What is this unbelief? Unbelief is this Greek word, apistia. And if you've been around here long enough, you know that the the Greek word for faith is pistis. Well, anytime you see the prefix a before a word, that means without. So unbelief is without pistia or without pistis, which is without faith. You've got faith for a certain level. You've got faith for good, but you don't have faith yet for great. You've not yet allowed him to be great. See, there are people who can walk through a land and see potential. And they don't stop at just seeing potential while that house could really be something. Or that plot of land, if I positioned a house this way, or if I did a garden this way. But there are people who not just see it, but they have enough in them to start making the moves to make it happen everybody can go survey the same land we know that with the the spies that were sent out right Joshua and Caleb of a different spirit saw it and said we are well able 
But the other 10 saw it and said, yeah, but they weren't going to let God be great. I said they weren't going to let God be great. They looked at it and said, yeah, it's great. It's, it's all good and great. But they're giants in the land. And what are we compared to giants? Because we're only grasshoppers, so we can do nothing. Well, here we are, Black History Month. How is it? I'm just, I'm just asking questions, okay? To me. Because I literally am asking myself, literally. How is it? That under Jim Crow, Reconstruction, slavery, were people able to do great things? No, I'm, no, no, let's stop buying the lot of narrative that all black people were and all black, no, it wasn't all. It wasn't all. There were people who rose up in slavery and said, I ain't going to be no slave. I said, there were people who rose up so great that they had slaves. Oops, did I just... And I ain't saying they treated them like the other folk treated them. But nonetheless, they had... How is it that, you know, Madam C.J. Walker become the first female millionaire prospering while black? Well, because we all worried about driving while black, shopping while black, walking while black. But why we're not prospering like black? Because, because she was able to see a hot comb and some hair grease. And do something with it. Why are there some... And I'll just be pastors who can go out and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy that building. I'm going to buy that shopping mall, and I'm going to buy that one, too. And, yeah, I went to the bank, and I signed for it. Oh, they got it. Okay, wait a minute. How much gumption does it take to believe that you actually can pay for a mall, and you can actually pay for six buildings? And you See, we look at... What we want to look at when it lets us off the hook. But when it causes us to now start looking introspectively and we start having a question, why am I not able? So if God can bring me out of a half a million dollars of debt. He can't put me in a $3 million house? No, I'm, I'm, just, asking, I'm just asking. These, I told y'all I'm just letting y'all talk to me because if you're going to stay in St. Petersburg, you're going to need $3 million. You don't need $2 million. If you're going to buy a house, 
like I said, if you're going to buy a house house, I, uh, you can buy a house. But if you're going to buy a house house, you know that one where you want people to come over and you want them to stay? House house, that house, right? Because I believe God can do good because it's a good work to get me out. But is he great enough to take me into? Lord, help my unbelief. So how we deal with unbelief, real quick. Go to Psalm number 78 and verse 22. I'm wrapping up because I know y'all want to watch the Super Bowl. Great, great people who are doing great things, you know. No, I'm not even being funny. That Mahomes boy, that's a bad boy. I ain't even cracking. No, I'm not cracking on the Super Bowl. I'm not even cracking because it's a battle of greatness. I said it's a battle of greatness. Mahomes a superstar quarterback. But many don't know he was also a superstar, superstar baseball player. Whatever that boy did, he did it. Because his daddy was a superstar. Well, my dad is a superstar too. So what in the stew beef is wrong with me? we put our hands to is supposed to not just live, not just be good, not just make it. It's supposed to be great. When you're talking about the blessing on the work of our... We love to quote it. He'll make you the head and not the tail. Above only and never beneath. Well, why so many of us are beneath? Why am I beneath? Why? Why? Because I won't let him be great? You know why? It, I liken it to this. It's like when they take me and put me on the high diving board and they say jump out. Have y'all ever seen those little kids? No. who jump and they don't even think about it? Have you ever seen those little kids? I have two nieces like that. And I just look at them and I'm like, what is wrong with these kids? But at the same time, I, I tell my brother, never bridle that. I know you've got to discipline her because that was outrageous. But you cannot bridle that. Because if you bridle that, You'll kill that. And then all of a sudden, she'll just be a good girl. Be good. Be good. Be nice. Be good. Be nice. But what about being great? Great people, they're risk takers. Great people, great people, they put it all on the line. I mean, when I say they put it all on the line, people go broke a thousand. Everybody, okay, we crack on Donald Trump. We, we do, we crack on him. 
I crack on him because that man is wild. He's crazy. But he's been broke and super rich more times than we can even count. Because when he believes in something, he puts it all on the line. And it all Back to the diving board. So you, you get up on the diving board and, and you believe that the, the, the lifeguard is good to you when you're on the wall. And when you're on the wall, you have all the faith in the world in the lifeguard because he or she's right there. But when you go up on the high dive, now they're not like right there because you're like now what? 20 feet in the air? How t- that thing feels like a mile. I don't know how high it is, but... And you know you get up there, and they're, they're, the little kid before you, they're like five years old, and they climb, and then they run along the diving board, and then they jump in. They run along the diving board, and it's moving, and they jump in. But you with your big grown self, <laughs> climb seven rungs of the ladder, and now you telling everybody, get out the way, get out the way, get out the way, get out the way, because I'm coming back down. And then somebody pushes you again to get back in line, and you get back in line, and now you go up to the 10th rung, and you're like, oh, uh-uh, oh, uh-uh, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. You... So then you resolve to be the cute chick on the lounge chair with the towel. But never the kid with a great story. You've been good your whole, you've just been good. You, you've been good your whole life. You ate your apple. You went to class. You never did no drugs. You never dealt no, you know, did no alcohol. You got eight hours of sleep every night. You didn't run them streets. You just been so good. But it's something about the craziness of a joker who has done crack, who's done cocaine, who smoked weed, who will sell their mama's sofa. And all of a sudden they get saved and you put something into their hands and they run like crazy people with it because they're they're used to living outside the lines. They're used to taking risks. But those of us who play real nice in the yard. Mama ain't never had to look for you because you always stayed, right? You just always stayed. Do you know why you never left the yard? You know why you never actually got to the top of the high diving board and jumped off? You know why you've never been down a slide tube and... and, and you, you, you know why you ain't going on no cruise? You know what? You know why you don't want to fly 24 hours over the Atlantic Ocean? Do you want to? Cause you have fears, Christine. Cause you scared. Because to witness greatness, I said to witness greatness commands that you step outside of you. 
And the people in Nazareth, they were good with just being a Jewish sect. They were good there. So they didn't get to see greatness. Think about the four friends of the paralytic. Who weren't turned back because there was a crowd in the room. Who weren't deterred because Jesus was talking. Their biggest argument was, which one going to tear the roof off? Which one going to hold a ladder? Which one going to pull it back? Which one going to drop down in the middle? Which one going to be the loud mouth to talk? Which one's going to be the boldest one to see God's greatness? So you know what they saw? They saw the greatness of God's power and their faith was recognized right along with well their faith made the Bible Psalm 78 this is a book of greatness from Genesis to Revelation the greatness of his power the volumes don't contain all of the great things he's done. But we're living epistles. And not just, we're not just here to be living epistles of his salvation. But we're supposed to be living witnesses of his greatness, living epistles. People ought to be able to write stories about how we leaped over walls, how our dad was raised, hallelujah, how our sons were saved, how our daughters were saved, by faith. How we built cities, hallelujah, by faith. Oh, Jesus. I'm just having a long conversation with myself. I mean, a long conversation with myself. You know what great ideas I've given people? <laughs> that have gone on to do great things. Think about it. Amen. Psalm 78, verse 22. Because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. This is the children of Israel. It's been recounted, their story coming out of Egypt here, right? You know, they didn't believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. Verse 41, I just want to skip through this. I suggest you read Psalm 78. It's powerful. Verse 41 says, yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. How did they do that? They did not believe him. They did not believe him. Verse 42 says this. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. We've got to remember his hand. You got to remember his hand. If you want to get over unbelief, 
you've got to remember how his hand showed up in previous situations. We don't reflect enough. Do you know how much faith is built when you go back over what he's already done? When you remind yourself the last time you were sick, the last time you went through, the last time the bill was due, the last time you thought you weren't going to make it, and you recall to mind how his hand showed up, my God, and delivered you. But we're just going through, I know me, just you go Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, and never stopping to reflect. I don't mean the throw up prayers, thank you, Father God, you've been so good, you kept me. No, when you just literally take time and you remember. You remember how he did it. You remember where you were when he did it. You, oh my God. And all of a sudden, when you step out with a mind of remembrance, you go on and you do some great things. Let's keep going. Matthew 17, verses 20 through 21. Thank you, media is helping us. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, this is its conversation with the disciples after the epileptic boy was healed. If you have faith as a mustard seed, that's potency. If your faith has the potency, not the size, the potency of the mustard seed, you'll say to this mountain, move from here. And it will move and nothing will be impossible to you. However, this kind, this kind of unbelief, don't move. The unbelief is the mountain. It won't move except by prayer and fasting. If I want this unbelief to go or I want my faith to be built, I've got to pray and I've got to fast. And we're going to pray and we're going to fast without the scale. Because the truth of the matter is, most times we're fasting, we're fasting for weight loss. You know why I say that? Because the Lord got on me. He said, now, how you fast on Wednesdays? You at work. You run around with kids. You fixing lunch. You, you cleaning toilets. You wiping down tables. You vacuuming. Girl, you ain't fasting. You, ain't the, you, you just didn't eat. And the first thing you do the next morning, you get on the scale and say, ooh. What? That's not prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting is when you're intentional about it. When you take time, when you really have free time and you really could be doing something else and you say, no, Lord, this is me and you today. I'm not leaving the house. I'm going to sit here in my room. I'm going to get my Bible. I'm going to bring my water and I'm going to sit here in this word and pray. This kind won't go out except by prayer and fasting. We're helping our unbelief. Hallelujah. See, they, they, why did he say prayer and fasting? Because they lost sight of the truth that God had already given them authority in Luke. Had already given them authority over all unclean spirits. Had already given them the power they needed to handle that situation. But because they weren't spending time, they were so busy with ministry. They were so busy with ministry, they forgot about prayer and fasting. Let's go to Mark chapter 5. What am I going to do with this unbelief? Mark 5 and 36. 
And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to one of the rulers of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. I got to do whatever it takes to eradicate fear. If I'm going to let God be great, I've got to get this unbelief out. And the only way I'm going to get unbelief out is I've got to start confronting my fears. Confront the fear. And how do you know there's fear? When you get, remember, your, your body, fear is a soul issue. And your physical man will tell you when your soul has a problem. It's called the butterflies. It's called nausea. It's, I'm telling you, you'll feel it. When you, when you step into a place where you're fearful, somebody tell you, call about that house. You pick up the phone, you put it down. You oh, you're scared. Hey, talk to that person over there. You're scared. Right. You start stuttering when you, you're scared. Do you know what you do when you find yourself in a place of fear? You push through it. I said you push through it. You be strong and of a good courage. You push right through it. All right? Last place. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 10 and verse 17. How am I dealing with my unbelief? I'm going to remember his hand. I'm going to give my time to prayer and fasting. I'm going to start dealing with this fear. Hallelujah, that's trying to take over my life. And here's, here it is, Romans 10, 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I am going to start getting in the word, getting in the word. Well, I'm in the word. Mm -mm. No, you're reading the word. You're reading the word. You got to get in the word. What do you mean get in the word? You got to get in it. And let that word lead you to another word. And let that word lead you to another word. And then you sit back and pause. And then you go back to that word. And God, I got to highlight that. And, and you look up. And an hour's passed. An hour and a half has passed. Two hours have passed. Three hours have passed. That's when you know I've gotten into the word. And not just done my cursory proverb reading for the day. So I can check the little box when Pastor asked. Y'all reading y'all proverb? Check. I read my... No, we've got to get into the word. That's how we're going to build up the faith we need to see greatness manifest in our lives. Last place, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Why do I got to deal with this unbelief? Why do I have to go ahead and pray fast, remember his hand? Why is it that I got to get into this word? Because Hebrews eleven six 6 tells me, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and, and that he is a of those who diligent. What is that rewarder talking about? He's a renumerator. That means he adds to you. He increases you. He rewards you. What does that mean? You see his greatness. You'll begin to see his greatness. So it all goes back, ladies and gentlemen, to the four verses we see in the Bible that tell us the just shall live by faith. And I think uh, I came to the conclusion that I don't have the faith that I think I have. 
I had faith for the level that I'm on. I said, I have faith for this good level. But when I go up on that ladder to jump off the high dive, I'm going back down to my level. I have faith for the least level. But what about the faith for ownership? What kind of faith is that? I have faith, Father God, for you to heal that headache. But when they say that headache is more than just a simple headache, do I have faith for that? Father God, I believe, (laughs) hallelujah, that my children will be saved. Can you believe that the city will be saved? Faith, you can stand to your feet. Hallelujah. We got to let him be great. I said we've got to let him be great. And the number one requirement for seeing the greatness of God in our lives is number one that we've got to believe that he is. He is what? That he is God. That he is Lord. That he is able. That he actually exists. That we actually need him. We've got to settle the question, hallelujah, in our minds of whether God can, whether God will, and whether God will for me. We are all the same in his eyes. We're all the same. There's no special power on one person that's not available to the other person. It's that other people have allowed him to be great in their lives. And so we all have to make that decision. Now, we made it for the level of salvation. Many of us have already done that. We've said, yes, Lord. And I'm telling you, that takes a lot of faith. It takes a lot of faith to believe that, oh, my God, that someone who died over 2,000 years ago bore the punishment for the sin you committed last night. But yet and still, we believe it. Well, it's going to take that same kind of faith to believe that God who saved us will set us inaccessibly high over the evil one. That no evil can befall us. That we can live and be great on this side. That takes faith, ladies and gentlemen. And that faith is available. We've just got to do whatever it takes to let him be great. And I'm going to tell you, nobody's outside of his reach. I'm telling you, nobody, nobody. Your past does not exempt you from it. Jesus used a wild bunch to propel his church into what it is now. A wild bunch. And it seems like the wilder the testimony is, the more people seem to be able to do for the Lord. The hard part is when you were raised in church. You can be real just cool about it. But when you've seen God's hand, oh my God, do things that your mama, your grandmama never thought would be possible for you, man, you're a candidate. And so today we're going to pray for somebody who you know you want to see the greatness. But you might be thinking, hallelujah, that you've done too much, that you're just, uh, uh, you're too far gone, Um, you're not good enough. I want to tell you all of that is a lie from the pit of hell. 
if God can use me, Pastor John, and a countless number of others, we all have testimonies of God. I mean, oh, God, setting us up, pulling us out, delivering us, straightening us up. He'll do it for you. I said he will do it for you. There's no situation that is beyond his reach. I said no situation. You're reading the Bible about murderers being used. Paul, <laughs> David, Moses. Murderers? Yep. Yep. And God used them to do great and mighty things. So if there's anybody here today and you just say, Lord, I'm tired and I want more. I need more. I know there's more. Well, this is your hour. Hallelujah. This is your hour to receive Jesus, the only one. I said the only one who can do anything about humanity's situation. Amen. Amen. Anybody here today, you want to make that decision, hallelujah, to give your life to the Lord. You say, Lord, I want to be great. If this woman of God is telling me that it's possible to be great, I want to be great. But I'm telling you, the only way to experience eternal, true greatness is through Jesus Christ and the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, let's go ahead and do your work. If there's anybody next to you, or there's somebody next to you, talk to them. Ask them. Hallelujah. Do they need to receive Jesus today? Hallelujah. Now also, we're going to do a different kind of prayer. If you're here and you're saying, Pastor Kim, I'm, I'm, I'm just like you. <laughs> I know there's more. And I want more. And I'm not ashamed to admit that I've been stuck in a rut. I'm ready to pray for you. I'm ready to pray. I'm ready to pray for you. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Well, how you going to pray? I'm going to pray because I've started to build my faith on this thing. My eyes are open to his power. My eyes are open to his ability to do it for us. But most importantly, I want you to know that you're not by yourself. I'm transparent enough to tell you, man, I've just been maintaining at good. And it's gotten real boring. It's gotten real. Mm. You know that God has put more in you. And you just kind of feel like you're just grinding your wheels, kicking up dust, going nowhere. Kind of like a car being stuck in the sand. The more you hit the accelerator, you get excited. We dance, we jump, we sing songs. Oh my God, the praise breaks. Woo, Jesus, pastor's message. And we get so excited when the word comes. But something happens when it's time for the doing. This city needs us. Our families need us. The kingdom it needs us. And each and every one of us bring a unique skill and a, a unique talent, a unique voice. There are people that you all can talk to that I could never talk to, that I wouldn't even have access to. My God, there are ministries that you're supposed to be running. Businesses you're supposed to be running. 
And you got the ideas. You've written it down. But do you want to know what's holding you back? The same thing that's been holding me back. Fear. Unbelief. Unbelief. Hallelujah. 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 Let's just lift our hands and praise him. Let's just lift our hands and praise him. This is group therapy today. This is group therapy today. My eyes have seen it. And I realize, Father, as all my dear brothers and sisters, sons and daughters see, that it has not been you. <laughs> it's not been you. But we too have limited you in our lives. We've allowed you to be good, Father. But God, we want to see the exceeding greatness of your power in our lives. We want to see you move through us and move with us, God, in new ways, at new levels, Father God. Father God, right now, we lay down at this altar every negative word that's hindered us, every pain that's hindering us, every thought that's hindering us. God, hallelujah, even everything that we've spoken to ourselves, Father God, we lay it here at your feet. And Father God, we say we are submitted to you. We're leaning, uh, listening to your voice, Father God. We want to go in the direction that you've called us to go into, Father. But we know we can't go like this. We can't go like this. So I ask now, Father, that you open the eyes of our understanding. Enlighten our eyes that we may see. Give us clarity of vision. Hallelujah. Clarity in thought, Father God. Give us boldness, Father God. You said in your word that the righteous are as bold as lions, Father God. Make us bold as lions in this place, God. Hallelujah. Give us the faith to believe that we can do what in this natural thing seems impossible, oh God. God, we know that our families, they're waiting on us. Our children, our grandchildren, they're waiting on us to arise, Father God. Father God, it's more than houses. It's more than land. It's more than cars, God. We want the souls that are assigned to you, Father God. We don't ever want it to be said that someone didn't get saved, Father, or didn't get healed, or didn't get delivered, Father God, because we were afraid in the name of Jesus, or we were waiting, Father God, for someone else to come along and do it, Father God. Father God, we repent of every time we've walked away from a situation that we could have turned around if we would have just allowed you to be great in our lives in the name of Jesus thank you God for bringing great voices before us that are showing us this is the way walk in it we lay aside religion and tradition we untie your hands oh God to do those things that you want to do father God we adhere the admonishment father God to not just move on what you've said but God we're going to begin on to move in what you're saying to us oh God thank you for not giving up on us thank you for not leaving us Thank you, Father God, for renewing, hallelujah, the call. We ask for that, God. Renew the call. Remind us of all that you placed on the inside of us, oh God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you.
thank you for this time. Thank you, Father. We declare today that we're going to let you be great in our lives. We're going to let you do all that you want to do in us and through us and for us, Father God. We no longer wrestle with the thought that we're not worthy. We don't wrestle with the thought any longer that we've done too much. We don't wrestle with the thought anymore that too much time has passed, oh God. Thank you, Father, for the precious promise that even in old age, that we'll be fresh and flourishing. We thank you now. We bless your name. We honor you. We exalt you. Oh, great one. Oh, mighty one. Oh, awesome one. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for using a crew like us, God. You told us that everything you needed was already in this house, God. So, so Father God, we gird up the loins of our minds now in the name of Jesus. We bring every thought into obedience. Hallelujah to you and your word. God, we will do it. We will do it. We will say it. And we believe we will have it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to him. Hallelujah. gentlemen we can do this I said we can do this we can take this city for Jesus Christ we can do this we can do this we can we can have our families back we can have our businesses running and prospering come on now we can look good while we're doing it Come on, we can have it all. We can have it. We, we can. We are the big church in the city. We are. You are a minister of the most high. You are. You're a minister of God. You are. We're just going to let him be great. I said, we're just going to let him be great. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 I want to read a scripture real quick, Pastor Kim. In fact, I want you to read this scripture. This came to me while you were preaching. Psalm 107, 23 and 24. I want you all to hear this. Those 107, 23. Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they see hmm, the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. They see it. 
they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. So until you and I step out into a place of greatness, we won't see God's wonders. God's too big for the shallow end. He's too big for the shallow end. We have to get out on a place where we're adventurous and stepping out. I, I, we're going to have to kind of unfold everything you talked about when, you, when we get home because there's so much that came to me sitting there. I couldn't hardly sit on my seat. Thank God we have done what he told us to do because it has positioned us to do what he's telling us to do. to do business in the, in the great waters so we can see his wonders. This message has been so powerful and I don't want you to take it and just let it go. I want you to really unpack it. Just unpack it throughout this week. Just unpack it and just allow the Holy Spirit to challenge you and show, show you where you're just at good. Well, we've let him be good, but not let him be great. And he'll continue to show us great things. Thank you, Lord. God's challenged us to do some big things.